Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. I'm Audrey Goh, Senior Cross-Asset Strategist at Standard Chartered Bank. On this episode of the podcast, we will discuss more about the ongoing economic recovery driving refacing risk, as well as increasing signs of divergence among key economies and impatience on financial markets. Now, joining me today for the conversation, I'm pleased to welcome Manfred Gill, Head of FICC, and Manish Gerardi, Senior Investment Strategist with the team. Now, without further ado, let's kick off today's podcast. For the benefits of our readers, we have just published our latest weekly market view, where we discuss about the reflation risk and how this is driving diverging fortunes for various key economic regions. Now, Manfred, can you share some details on the team's view on reflation risk as well as potential implications on asset markets? Hi, Audrey. Um, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, reflation sort of is where I start. Uh, I think that theme is clearly extending. And, and this week it was, uh, you know, a lot of it was coming through in the U.S. macroeconomic data. Um, we saw, of course, a strong sort of ISM services release, which followed a strong manufacturing data release last week. Uh, and, of course, we saw very positive data coming through from the labor market. So I think the reflation theme uh, just still coming through front and center. And to an extent, we're seeing that being reflected in expectations for the upcoming uh, Q1 earnings season in the U.S. at least. Uh, other than that, though, the other key event this week, of course, was what we saw from the Fed, uh, both from Power Chair Powell's comments as well as the minutes from the last meeting. Uh, and I think what was interesting there is that while you know policymakers did note that you know the rise in yields we've seen over the past few months is consistent with the improvement in economic data, what came through quite front and center uh, was the message that you know. Uh, that the Fed felt was approved to keep policy very, very supportive uh, until, and to quote the Fed, you know, substantial progress uh, was made on uh, the labor market and price stability goals. Um, so I think with that sort of uh, central message and, and the macro data, I think when you think about the market implications of both, you know, you, know, you could almost center them around what we're seeing uh, in the 10-year U.S. Uh, bond yield. Um, now, we've seen a bit of a pullback. You could argue, you know, some of that is related to, you know, one-sided positioning being unwound. Uh, but when you sort of combine strong data and Fed's message, uh, our takeaway would be that while that upside in yield may not be fully over, uh, it clearly is unlikely enough to hold risky assets back. Um, so in, for us, you know, that's consistent with the historical experience that rising yields uh, you know, are usually sort of positive for equity markets. Um, and the pullback we've seen might very well offer a breather for growth sectors like technology, uh, but for further modest rise would also be quite positive for an ongoing uh, theme to favor value-style equities uh, over growth. Thank you, Manpreet. Now, the other key big development in the market has been the dollar. Um, it has recently broke below its 200, 200 days moving average after an unexpected rise uh, year-to-date so far. Um, do you think the recent weakness will extend? Well, it's possible. I mean, uh, if you go back sort of the past few weeks, our view has always been that, uh, you know, we did expect uh, a temporary sort of USD correction higher, uh, but for that to occur within what we believe to be a long-term downtrend. So we do expect the 12 months of outlook for the dollar uh, to still very much be to the downside. I think what's helpful here as context is to recognize that when we have seen, you know, upward U.S. dollar corrections within a downtrend, those have tended to average about 4 to 6% uh, 
uh, you know, in size historically. And if you put the current move within that context, if you look at the euro-dollar pair, which really is the most important component of the dollar basket, uh, that's fallen about 5% uh, in the first quarter. So, you, know, you can see we're already sort of within the ballpark of the historical experience of a dollar correction. Uh, but now I think this is a point where you know, we, we pay attention to key technical levels. And again, sort of the simplest way to think about it is levels on the euro dollar, uh, which is almost, you know, one way to think about the mirror image of the dollar. Um, I think on the, on the upside, uh, if we were to see a break in euro dollar above 120, uh, that to us would be a signal that, you know, the temporary dollar correction higher is coming to an end and that the dollar weakness trend is resuming. Uh, but it is quite possible that may not be immediately imminent and that we may have to wait a bit more positive, positive sentiment from vaccinations in Europe. Um, but of course, what that means is the dollar does remain paid in the short term. Um, you know, we could be faith a little bit of a longer period of wage bond behavior uh, or even another test of key support levels in the very short term at least. Uh, thank you, Manfred. Uh, moving on to equity markets, the next question is for you, Manish. Um, in the recent months, we have seen continued policy tightening in China and Chinese equities have also corrected. Um, do you think it's time for investors to average in? Thanks, Audrey. Um, you're right. Chinese equities have fallen sharply since mid-February as investors have started to price in less accommodative monetary policy and increased regulations targeting real estate, banking, and tech sectors. However, the extent of negative sentiment causes us to believe that Chinese equities may be offering a buy-on-dip opportunity. Firstly, although the PBOC continues to drain liquidity, we believe an aggressive policy tightening campaign appears unlikely as policymakers balance limiting excesses while still supporting growth. Secondly, while a resilient U.S. dollar has been a headwind to Chinese equities, we do expect this to reverse over the next 6 to 12 months. So on balance, we, we continue to view Chinese equities as, as a core holding, expecting them to perform in line with Asia and Japan equities. And within China, we have a preference for onshore equities. Thanks. Um, and last but not least, what about Chinese technology stocks? Uh, we've seen some volatilities with regards to this asset class as well. Um, should investors be averaging into them as well? That's right. So we believe it's, it, it is attractive to consider adding to Chinese technology sector equities at current levels. The Hang Seng Technology Index has fallen sharply in recent weeks, as you, as you noted. However, the index has been showing some signs of bottoming now, and in our assessment, um, holding the key 8,000 support level. The fall in share prices has also helped alleviate high valuation concerns. The risks in this sector are very well known, that is, regulatory uncertainties for the Internet subsector and slowing Chinese credit growth. However, subsectors such as uh, technology hardware should benefit from the global demand recovery for example, in smartphones and auto segments. Consumer discretionary-oriented subsectors such as online consumption should also benefit from the government's dual circulation policy. Thanks again, Manfred and Manish, for joining our conversation today. That's all for this episode of Standard Chartered Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publication, please visit our website at sc.com under Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion today, please rate and review us whenever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more
more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.